Contractor's journey to self-mastery requires discipline, integrity, and respect. Welcome to Hammer and Grind. What's up, everybody? I'm your host, Brad Hebner, and I'm here with Eric Triplett, my co-host, and welcome to Hammer and Grind, the podcast built for contractors. Real contractors, true stories, real solution. So here, listen, this is the deal here, guys. We want to help as many contractors as possible, and we need your help to get the word out. So do us a favor when the podcast is over, please leave us a review and share this with other contractors. We want to try and help as many as possible. So we'd appreciate that. Also, if you're looking for a community to connect with and learn from other like-minded contractors and get some great free information, join our free Facebook group called the Contractor Profit Group. There's lots of great conversations going on in there. Or if you're looking to take your business to the next level, check out our paid coaching group called The Profit Club. We talk about many things in there. We have weekly coaching calls, weekly training webinars, all kinds of stuff. Go to our website, www.hammerandgrind.com forward slash The Profit Club to learn more about that. Eric, today... I'm, fire, I'm pretty fired up about this because I see this over and over and over again, and I want to talk about this. I want to, I want to drop the hammer on this subject, and it's the name of, the, of this podcast is Don't Be an Order Taker. I can just see all the contractors right now. There's, there's like a lot of contractors thinking, well, you never met my wife. <laughs> They're just taking orders. And they get used to it and they could take orders at home and then they go straight out to business and take orders from everyone else, take orders from their employees, from their clients, from their prospects. Yeah. Yeah. They're just like one big doormat to everybody. And that's what being a business owner is, isn't it? Just being a doormat, making everybody else happy. Well, let's let's hope we can change that perspective a little bit here. Well, listen, this one's really more like a mindset podcast because that's that's really what it is. And um, I think a lot of contractors don't, for whatever reason, they can't grasp this idea. They can't grasp this concept of this is your business. And we already did a podcast on that called It's Your Business. But this is about going to, this is about getting in bed. This is about marrying customers, right? When you're, when you're, bringing on new clients into your business. It's a marriage. If you're going to go remodel a bathroom for three, for three weeks, a kitchen for six weeks, eight weeks, a room addition for three months or whatever it is, it's a marriage. You're marrying someone. Wouldn't you, want to, wouldn't you like to know who you're marrying before you just go and say, yeah, I can do that for you? Where are you going with this? This is crazy. I, I will admit with you that th- this can be intimate. You know, I mean, I don't know if intimate's the right word, but I mean, you're in people's personal spaces. You're in there in the morning when they're getting their kids ready. And, you know, they're, I mean, yeah, this this can be intimate when you're developing some kind of relationship with your clients, you know? So I get where you're going there, but where wh- where are you going with this, Brad? Listen, people think that if if a, if a lead calls you, if a client calls you, then it's your job to go give them an estimate and do the work. 
right? So in other words, if they're calling you, then you have to give them an estimate, almost like an obligation of, oh, you know, if if I own a lawn care business and every person that calls in that wants their grass cut, that doesn't mean that I have to go and service every single person that calls in. Does that make, am I making sense or am I just way over your head? Well, dude, you're like six foot nine. Of course you're over my head. You're six, nine, six, five, six, six seven. Five. You're over a lot of people's head. Um, listen, so, you know, it's, it's interesting the way you're, the way you're unraveling this. And thanks for giving me the heads up on this podcast to know what we're talking about. I appreciate that. (laughs) (laughs) I told him like two minutes before we started. Well, it's interesting because, you know, when people, people, when contractors run into, like they start a marketing campaign, they might not know really what's happening. They might do a poor job marketing and when the phone starts ringing and they're attracting the wrong customers, they just start taking orders, right? Well, gosh, I got to pay. I got to get my ROI on this marketing campaign, but I did such a shitty job telling people what I specialize in. Now I'm getting the random stuff. I got to get my money back. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I could do that. I can see that starting to happen that way. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes perfect sense. You know, th- this is probably more prevalent with newer contractors starting out because they just need they just need money, right? They need money coming in the door. And so if somebody called, if they're a landscaper and somebody calls them and wants their bathroom remodeled, yeah, I can do that. Yeah, we can remodel a bathroom <laughs> <laughs> because they just need money, right? So it's like, has nothing to do with landscaping, but I want to do it anyways. Well, I, c- I can bring this home to landscaping a little bit. As a landscape contractor for over 20 years, I see some guys coming up in in the business and you know they they want to do ponds only like they might aspire to do that but then they suddenly they get opportunities to do hardscape sprinkler irrigation maybe put some sod down suddenly they're doing pergolas and all this stuff it's kind of outside their scope of work and and they get a little lost they might they might become enamored with the possibility of expanding without much thought and they kind of get themselves in trouble if you know what I'm saying. And now all of a sudden they're doing things they're not really good at. They're not bidding it correctly. They're not making the right numbers. And suddenly they just start taking orders, right? Just like, I, I think that's what you're saying, saying. Yeah. I'm not doing a very good job of trying to explain this. If, if you are, if you're a cashier or if you work at McDonald's and your job is to take orders when people come up, right? You don't care what the people are wearing when they walk in. You don't care what job they have. You don't care anything about those people. Your job is to take their order and then give them their food, right? doesn't matter if they want a Big Mac or chicken nuggets or whatever it is they want. Your job is just to take their order and give them their food. And a lot of contractors run their business that way. They just take orders. And it doesn't matter if someone comes in and is like, hey, I want to a Big Mac. He's like, well, this is McDonald's. I don't care. I want a Big Mac. Okay. Well, let's, we'll try to get it. We'll try to make it work for you. We'll go next door to Burger King and get a Big Mac or whatever. I I don't even. McDonald's sells Big Macs, bro. What's wrong with you? I don't eat at McDonald's. I haven't ate at McDonald's in five years. Okay. let, Let me, let me just be quiet for a second. What Brad's trying to say is, what Brad's trying to say is, if you go to Chick-fil-A and order a Big Mac... Boom, there you go. They're not going to give you a Big Mac. Is that, is that what you're trying to say, Brad? That's what I'm trying to say. I, I messed it all up. Can okay. we start over? Okay, carry on, <laughs> carry on from here. I just rescued you. 
If you worked at McDonald's and someone wanted a uh, Baconator, which is from Burger King, is that better? Is that better? That's better. I never even heard of Baconator, but whatever. I don't know the I don't know their burgers at different places. Uh, I screwed that all up. My point is, if you want something that's not on the menu, like you know, they're not just going to be like, okay, run next door to the restaurant and get it for you, right? It's so you can't do that. You can't be a landscaper and do bathroom remodels. But even more importantly, I don't. That's that's pretty easy to point out. Like you shouldn't be doing things outside of your scope of work. That one's pretty easy. What I want to really dive into is finding the right customer and working with the right customer. And let me just tell you where this is coming from because there was a post in another contractor Facebook group that I'm in and a guy had a serious problem with a customer. And it was like, we've done this entire bathroom model. We're like 95% done. And then I get a call from the customer and it's like, you're, you're not going to finish. We're not going to have you finish. I'm documenting everything you're doing. I have another contractor documenting everything. You're going to have to pay me $5,000 for whatever reason and blah, 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 blah. And he's coming in the group asking for advice. Now, anybody can get into a situation like that, right? I mean, that's, that's possible for anyone. But there had to have been red flags in the beginning, in the courting process of this marriage. There had to be red flags that were going off. People don't just put, you know, they're not just perfect from the get-go. And then the day after you get married, turn into an axe murderer. Like that just doesn't happen. All right. I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. So I can, I can just kind of relate this to my career. If, if you will, like when I first started doing ponds, I did ponds because I was a fish geek. and like a pond was just a, a larger version of an aquarium. And so I went from this aquarium business, moved into ponds, was enamored by it, learned everything I could, and then like got into it. And then for the first decade of my, of my professional pond construction career, I only did ponds one way. I, I only focused on one style. And I narrowed it down super tight. And I delivered a great product. And when someone would come to me and say, hey, I want a pond, but I want you to do it this way instead. I'd be like, I don't really do ponds that way. This is, this is where I specialize. This is where my niche is. This is where I'm really good. This is where I can deliver a good product. This sounds really cool, but I don't know that this makes sense for me to do. And this was actually in ponds, in fish, something I'm passionate about. But I really held my ground for the first decade before I started to... You know, experiment out beyond that. Well, that's exactly what I'm talking about. You you put your foot down where other contractors don't, right? It's it's the thing where you provide the materials, and then the customer wants to provide the materials, and you're like, okay, well, you know, leads are a little slow, money's a little slow. I, I need the work, so yeah, we'll go ahead and do that. It can't be that bad, right? And then the next thing you know, you're in a legal battle over something stupid, right? Because the warranty, and like you think that. You're clear on the warranty, and then they should have they should have accepted responsibility f- for what has failed, but they think that's because you installed it, but it's because you didn't get the material, and now you're you know you just took an order from the client and succumbed to it, and now you're in trouble. Yeah, listen, I got a story about that because I had a, a contractor friend of mine. He um, 
he was doing work for this customer. Like he, I think he did their master bathroom or or another bathroom or something. And then they wanted him to do two other bathrooms. They had three bathrooms, but he was moving out of the way. He, I mean, moving out of the city. And so he recommended me. And so it was a good lead because it was a recommendation. This was prior to charging for consultation. So I drove all the way to the side of town, you know, 45 minutes one way to get there, way out there in the middle of nowhere. I meet with them, we go over everything. They told me they wanted to provide the plumbing fixtures, the faucets, basically just the faucets. And uh, I said, well, that's, you know, okay, that's fine. Whatever. That's not a big deal. In my contract, I told them that we would not warranty the plumbing fixtures. You know, I put in there customer providing, you know, plumbing fixtures. Does You know, warranty is not included in the plumbing fixtures, which why would you warranty something that you're not installing or providing, right? And so they, she called me and she's like, I, I got your contract. I mean, everything's fine on price and all, but it says in here that you're not going to warranty the, the plumbing fixtures. And I said, yeah, we're not, we're not providing them. And she's like, well, but I want the warranty on it. <laughs> She she couldn't grasp this concept. And I, I said, we're not going to provide something that we didn't provide because I have no idea that, you know, if two weeks after we install it, it starts leaking. Like that wasn't our fault if it wasn't an installation problem, if it, if it you know, there was something wrong with it. And she said, well, if you're not going to, if you're not going to warranty it, then you're not going to get the job. I said, okay, well, I appreciate your time. And that was the end of it. Bye-bye. But how many contractors would go do that job? How many contractors would kneel down and say, okay, yeah, what's the probability of something like that happen? I mean, install hundreds of faucets, they never leak, blah, blah, blah. Didn't didn't you have a a scenario where you had a, a faucet fail? I thought you were telling me about something like that. That was another that was another person who posted in a group that had that scenario. And not only did the customer provide the faucet, it was a used faucet. An old one, like... An old used faucet. Not a, not a family heirloom. Right. Just, yeah. And then it leaked and then sh- then now the floor's damaged and she was trying yep. to get the contract. See, that, that's what people aren't totally, ta- you know, getting, right? So, yeah. It's yeah, just, I mean... Th- it's staggering. This is what I'm saying. Like, you, you, you're just trying to collect orders, don't don't be the contractor who's trying to collect orders in order to keep his funnel full. That's that's where I, it took me this long to finally put in the words. You're not just trying to collect contracts. You're not trying to just collect jobs and put on the board. Every single job is a marriage and it requires due diligence to figure it out. Now, we teach this in our group in the profit sales system to find out a lot of these things before you even go out there. There's a lot, you know, you can discover red flags right? If you're talking to them and they say, well, we've had six other contractors come out and give us estimates. Okay. That's kind of a red flag. Yeah. For you sure. Know what I mean? what, what's going on there? Like what, what's happening? Why is there six other contractors? I mean, I can understand three because that's what everybody has been brainwashed into thinking they need to have three estimates, but why six? You know what I'm saying? So that's just one small aspect of that, of, of getting into that marriage. Well, that's, that's one of the things that, that contractors need to realize. They need to see that as a potential red flag. If, if they understand the profit sales system and, and realize that there's an objection here somewhere, somehow, 
But I think what most contractors are programmed to do is to go like, oh, well, I, I'm with a better business bureau and I got this many reviews on Google and you know my team's really dedicated. And I'm sure that we're going to be the right fit for you. And instead of going like, wait a second, six contractors, this person might not be the right fit for me because somehow they're, they're not pleased with things. There's not that many terrible contractors out there that they need to get a seventh bid, right? And so this is something that you... It, it's, it's an awkward conversation and most people are not prepared to have an open and honest, awkward conversation with the client to figure it out ahead of time. Right. But again, there's this, there's still a mindset there about, I need to collect orders. I need to collect orders. In order for me to stay in business, I have to collect orders. And I don't care if it's a bad customer or a good customer, or if it's what we do or not do, or if it's in our area or outside of our area. Like, it's just, I need to collect orders. I need to get, I need to get numbers on the board. I got to get jobs. And it's, it's not like that. And when the customer calls in and they have a special request that's beyond what you normally do, and you're just like, okay, yeah, sure. Um, yeah, we can, you know, I've never done that before, but I'm sure I can figure it out on your job. You know what I mean? It's like, no, stop. Take a step back. Again, it's a marriage. And it, I don't care if it's a, if it's a two-hour job, right? Like if all you're doing is cleaning their gutters out, you're, there's still a certain level of marriage that's going on, a certain level of courting that's going on there. I mean, if they have an unrealistic time frame, if they have unrealistic expectations of what you're going to deliver, there's an issue there and you got to be able to weed through that and figure it out. I don't know, Brad. I, I think a lot of contractors are thinking a gutter cleaning for two hours, that's like a one night stand, bro. That's not a marriage. <laughs> you know, they like, we're getting in the house and remodeling a kitchen. We're going to be there for a couple of months now. That's, that's a potential for a marriage. But a two even hour, a, it, come on. Listen, even a one night stand, I mean, you want to, you got to make sure it's the right. <laughs> I mean, you can't have your beer goggles on and then go out and do a one night stand. <laughs> Well, you keep relating this whole job to a marriage, you know? And, and so, well, here, here's the thing. Let me, let me spin this back to marriage. This is going to maybe sound misogynistic, chauvinistic, whatever, but it's like, you know, if you're, if you're dating a woman and you're thinking about getting marriage, you know, getting into that marriage kind of thing, it's like, if they don't like kids and you really want to have a couple, that should be a red flag. Okay. If, if suddenly like, you go over to pick her up and she's always late and you're like, well, I, I really like being on time. That should be a red flag, right? There's all these different things. She doesn't like to work. She doesn't do dishes. She doesn't like to cook. Like if that's important to you and you're courting someone, then, and, and conversely, if a woman to, to a man, like, you know, like those are the kind of the things. So you keep referring it to marriage and this stuff. Like if you're having a communication with a client and you're seeing those red flags, you just don't, you don't get into bed with them. Does that make sense? Is that, I don't even know if we're on the right topic. Don't be an order we taker. Are. No, we are on there, but they're, that's what I'm saying. They're not even looking for the red flags. There, there's a lot, there is a whole subset of contractors that think that their job is to please the customer, right? I actually, in my applications or interview process, I ask customers, not customers, I'm sorry. I ask empl potential employees like, 
what do you do if the customer is like wanting you to do additional work or if they're wanting, you know, if they're like, I, I always, I'll do whatever it takes to make them happy. My number one goal is to make them happy no matter what. That's a red flag. Like, no. Wrong. No. <laughs> Wrong. Wrong. You're like, you're, get out next. There's a certain level of deliverables, right? Here's the scope of work. Now, don't get me wrong. I tell my guys to look for opportunities to, to fix a door that's sticking to, you know, little five minute repairs here and there that can, you know, because a lot of times we're, we might be working in a house on a certain part of the house and the front door lock like sticks and you got to like wiggle it or you got to push really hard. And if we're going to be going in and out of that door a hundred times during the project, I just fix the door, right? I don't tell the customer. I don't ask him, hey, would you like us to fix it? I'll just fix the door. I don't even tell them. And then it makes it easier for us to go in and out. And I'm sure at some point they'll make they'll recognize like, oh, wow, they, they fixed the door for us, right? So we look for those opportunities. But when you're there working and they go, oh, why, by the way, while you're here, can you fix the door too? And can you unclog the toilet for me? And can you replace the garbage disposal? And can you clean my gutters? You know what I mean? Like these people that are out there, it's usually the people pleasers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We can do that. No problem. Yeah, for sure. So that's on the back end. I'm talking about people on the front end that do this whenever they call in. Hey, Eric, we really want you to build us a pond, but you can't work in our backyard on Tuesdays and Thursdays. That's, that's, that's interesting. Tell me more about that, Brad. What's going on on Tuesdays and Thursdays? Well, we just we work swing shifts and stuff, so we're sleeping during the days on Tuesdays and Thursday. We don't want all that noise. So if you could just come and work on Monday, Wednesday, Friday, that would be awesome. <laughs> so this is a, this is a funny role play, and so like I I don't even know where to go with this because that doesn't bother me that much. I could maybe accommodate that if it was in the right spot. If it was my my scope of work with my margins, I could personally maybe live with that. I'm just telling you. I'm just being tr- no. Honest. I know. But you know your business, and so you you're gonna you're gonna make the factors work out of that, mm-hmm. right? But that's a, that's a red flag of someone who may be being ridiculous. So obviously, right. in a, a ten second role play, no one you're not gonna find that out. But if you're having a thirty minute phone call, you're gonna dig into that. Yeah, you're gonna dig into like why is that an issue? You know what's going on there? How can we accommodate that? And you may you may you may be able to accommodate that. But that just may be the the beginning indicator of more red flags as to what's going on. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So if someone's calling in and it's like, I, you know, I don't want you starting before 10 a.m. You can't start before 10. Well, who's how are you going to work six hours a day if you only work, a, you know, eight to five or whatever your hours are? You can't just automatically make your guys work later in the day. You can ask them, but I mean, there's those are these are just like red flags that are happening in the in the in the discovery process, and people aren't digging into this. And then it's on the back end. I see it on a post somewhere. Hey, I had this problem. Everything was going great until the first day when we got there, and then they turned into crazy Karen. And it's like no, no, they didn't turn into crazy Karen. She was already a Karen on the, before you started talking to her. You just didn't pick up on all of the indicators. Yeah. Well, it's it's about it's about confronting them. Not not necessarily confront, confrontation seems like aggressive, but you know, having confronting something that is weird in a passive way, but but bold at the same time 
you know, like, hey, let's let's talk about this, Brad. Like, hey, would would it be um, crazy to tell you that like the the project's going to take twice as long and actually cost a little bit more money because because of that? Is that going to be a deal breaker for you? Because if 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 the time element that you talked about coming at a certain time, swing shift, whatever, if that time element is that important to him and you say, I could probably accommodate that. However, the job's going to take twice as long to do. And it's actually, it's actually going to cost a little bit more money. I mean, are, are you okay with that, Brad? That would be something that you would talk about, right? And then maybe you can negotiate and navigate through that. But if, if you're just like, yeah, for sure. Like, that's not a problem. And then you're like, well, I'll just start a little bit early, but I won't make noise so I can get the job done in time and still make money. And then you're already kind of breaking the the agreement because you think that that's what you have to do in order to get the job. And then all of a sudden, then I can see it going sideways. I'm just trying to you know play the scenario out in my head. Well, there's, I mean, there's endless amounts of scenarios, right? Obviously, you have enough intelligence and enough experience because literally we teach this, but you know to ask the questions, to find out, to dig deep, to figure out what's happening, why they want this done. There may be a very legitimate reason and a, and a real concern that you have to work around it, right? But then you also get the crazy people out there that are just like, you know, one of the things that this guy said on the post was like, from day one, they were complaining because there was dust on the dresser. Now, a lot of people wouldn't even pick up on this. But my question to him was like, why was there dust on the dresser? Don't you put up plastic? Don't you put up wall, you know, barriers, dust barriers? Don't you cover the furniture in plastic? Like this, to me, it's a no-brainer. Like what's all these red flags for the contractor that's happening? But, and he's like, no, it was just a tiny little speck of dust, which, okay, that's, you know, I'll give them the benefit of the doubt. That can happen. Matter of fact, today, literally today on the job, we were doing some work and my new guy, my intern, he was sanding some stuff and didn't wasn't had the, didn't have the vacuum on. And so a little bit of dust got over onto the dining room table right next to where we were working and I could see it, right? So immediately I went and got my Swiffer dusters and started dusting everything and cleaning up all the dust that was that was caused from that little area that, you know, few minutes of dusting. So, but if someone comes in and you're not picking up on this stuff on day one, if someone's complaining about the dust on their dresser, okay, you've already gotten in bed with them, right? You, you got to have a serious conversation right then because it's not going to get better. It's only going to get worse throughout the process. If day one, they're complaining about dust on your dresser, you need to, you need to address that. You need to, like, what's going on? Why is this, right? But it's already too late is my point, Eric. It's already too late at that point. All this stuff should have been addressed before they even went out on the first date. There's just, there's frankly just too many contractors that just don't know how to communicate. That's, that's, that's the big problem here. You know, and, and the interesting thing is, I mean, all I can, all I can hope for is that the contractors that are listening to our podcast are going to dive deeper into the resources that we offer with even the free resources before they go into the deeper ones. But like, you know, just, just understanding personalities, it, it took, it took years for me to understand that my personality can, can be a conflict with different personalities. You know, you know, I'm talking about the disc profile, but a lot of people don't realize that yet. And it was such a powerful moment when I realized, Hey, this is my personality. And, and, and 
and I can make an adjustments to understand other personalities and, and kind of hold back a little bit and, and then get along with different personalities and make the transition and the experience for not only myself, but the clients better. But, you know, until that people, people mean contractors embrace that journey and that, that learning process, you know, they're, they're just going to be banging their heads against the brick wall over and over, year after year, marriage after marriage, client after client, one night stand after one night stand. Yeah, and that leaves you empty, right? It leaves you feeling empty. And but listen, I, I'm going to try the one bank, more time. The bank what? account's probably empty too because they're just what? a train wreck. Yeah. Yeah. Let me, let me try one more angle on this. And I think I, I think I might be able to explain this better. When you're dealing with a customer, it's an equal exchange of goods and money, right? This is an equal agreement that you're going into. This is not the customer is better than you because you're a con- you're just a lonely contractor. You couldn't do anything else. You're just a contractor. So the customer is better than you. No, they need services done. You have the ability and the equipment to provide said services. So it's a mutually beneficial agreement. And you have to have that mindset of you're just as you're an equal to them, right? In the terms of construction, you're actually above them because you know how to do your job. They don't know how to do your job. So there's a lot of contractors that are very meek and they're very yes man and they're very doormat you know, to everything that goes on. And it's like, okay, I have a paying customer. I have to do whatever they want, you know, whatever they want done. I have to do it to make them happy. That's what I'm trying to get across is that, no, you don't. It's a mutual benefit. If you don't like something, you bring it to their attention. If they don't like something, they bring it to your attention. You work out the details like adults. You come to an agreement and then you provide said service and you get paid and everyone's happy. Yeah, I like, I like that thought process. You know, it, this, what you've talked about kind of spins me back to, you know, like the first decade of my career, I, I specialized in one style of pond and, and there's other styles that I was, you know, ignorant to, inexperienced with, hadn't put enough research in, those kind of things. And I think, I think a lot of contractors, they think opportunistically and the potential probably comes from the fact that they're not selling projects at the right margin and making enough money to be sustainable and a good business. And so if they see other opportunities, they're like, oh, well, for example, I specialize in ponds. I do pond lighting. You know, we, we make all the waterfalls look amazing, underwater lights, all this stuff. And, you know, then someone might be like, hey, can you light up all the trees around the pond as well? Right. And, you know, more often than not, I mean, for, for years and years and years, I'd be like, I don't really do landscape lighting. I specialize in underwater lighting and really, you know, making the work and the art that we put into your yard really pop. And so that's kind of like the line where I'd like to stop. Maybe we should connect with, you know, a different landscape specialist that, that does landscape lighting and they can put splash lighting on the walls so they can uplight the trees correctly and they can do the pathway lights and stuff like that. Now, if I was just opportunistic, I'd be like, oh, bro, I can make some cash right here and I can just add it into my thing. I'm already here. Let me make that money. But not, not taking into consideration, I don't have my vendors lined up, lined up correctly. I don't have the tools correctly lined up in my truck. My guys aren't experienced at it. I can't turn them loose and let them go. So those are the things where like, ah, maybe that's not something that I should do. I'm not just going to take this order and jump on that opportunity. Because it's almost like I, I think 
the order is presented as an opportunity, right? Or it's really a distraction disguised as an opportunity. And I, I think that's the real premise that I'm trying to, to get across. Now, here's the one, the one twist to it. Now, if I do 100 pawns and I have 60, 70 requests for landscape lighting, you know, and, and that's extraordinary, right? But that might be like, this is really something I need to dive into. I need to make sure I have the right tools. I need to make sure I have the right vendors. I need to make sure I have the right stuff. And then maybe I should explore this aspect as an addition to my business and take advantage of it. Not just like, hey, I'm doing hardscape one day. I'm doing landscape lighting the next day. Hey, gazebo? Yeah, I could do a gazebo. I'll figure it out. Taking the orders, taking the orders as opportunistic you know, ways to make money when the whole time they're just not even bidding what they specialize in correctly. And that's why they're trying to snatch up all these orders. Yeah, that that's more of the greedy aspect of it, right? That's more of the I just want to put money on the board. So and and a lot of a lot of times when contractors do that, they just take advantage of this this is where contractors can get a bad name because they they say, Yeah, I can build you an outdoor kitchen. Sure. I've never done stone work. I've never installed one. I've never run a gas line. I've never done any of that, but it can't be too hard. So cheer out. Yeah, we can do that for you. And then it turns out like crap. And then the gas line explodes and everything. I mean, it's like, you know, at some point you got, you have to know your limitations and you have to realize that you got to be good at what you're good at. So, I mean, to your point, Eric, we, you know, last month we added painting services because we literally get requests all the time for painting. And almost every job that we do, I have to sub out the painting. Right. So it was a natural progression for us to just bring on our own in-house painter. And so, and that's been great. Like it's, it's been a great addition. And so there's times where, yeah, you can add on new services, but like you said, taking orders just because you see money flashing, the shiny, the shiny object syndrome kind of, you know, you see things flashing. Oh, look, there's money over here. Oh, here's a way to make money. Here's a customer I need. I need work. Here's a customer that's calling. They're, they're breathing. Like, yeah, I mean, they're alive and they need work done. Sure, I, I can use them as a customer. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, I think, I think since I didn't have any cue onto what we were talking about in the direction you wanted to take, it's, it's interesting, like there's two different perspectives. Your perspective is like, don't get pushed around. Don't, don't get taken advantage of. Don't let the contractor expand upon the scope of work and take advantage of your workers and this kind of stuff. And my, my twist is like, don't just take orders because you think you can make money at it and you don't know what the hell you're doing yet. Like, let's, let's be thoughtful about this. And um, so, I mean, but both, both of them, I think, provide a lot of value to listeners. Like, let's think about these two aspects of don't be an order taker. Well, yeah, I mean, that's, that's what I love about you is that you're usually way off in left field about stuff that we talk about. So. <laughs> no matter, it's always two different perspectives, no matter what, Eric. <laughs> I, didn't, I never played left field. I played second base and third base. That's where I specialized. Well, listen, I want to brag on our group real quick and then we'll shut this down. And because, so I'm in a lot of other contractor Facebook groups, really just to learn for myself and also to try and help others as much as I can. It's different because in this other group where this guy posted this problem, and a lot of people, a lot of people had already gave him his answer. He he was wondering like how to deal with the situation, and there were multiple, multiple answers that were all very valid responses. And so I wanted to take a different approach and be like, "Hey, 
you know, you need to make sure that you address this from the beginning. Like, basically, I was telling him it was his fault without really telling him it was his fault. And so I had a lot of people start pouncing on me about, yeah, oh, yeah, it's always, you know, there's there's crappy con- uh, customers out there and it's not always a co- the contractor's fault and blah, blah, blah. Like, everybody was kind of bashing on me because I was trying to suggest that maybe he didn't do something right. Maybe he should have done a little bit better in the pre-screening process. That's one. That's kind of what you see in those other groups where they want to pounce on you and they want to give you bad advice and they want to make excuses and they want to play victim. What I've noticed in our group, in the free group and especially in our pay group, is that they're all professionals. And you know, when I posted, I copied that post and I put it in our group, our free group, and I asked everybody, what's your thoughts about this? And everyone immediately was like, well, it's obviously the contractor's fault. He didn't set expectations from the beginning. And it was just like this totally, it was like a yin-yang experience of this other group where everyone kind of plays victim and then our group where everyone takes extreme ownership. It was just really, I I really enjoyed it. And I just want to kind of brag on our group for that. Yeah, I love that, man. And, and, And I'm very sensitive to this, Brad, because you're only as good as the people you surround yourself with. And so I, I think that's critical because if you're surrounding yourself with a bunch of victims, then you're going to become a victim too. You know, it's just, it's just the way it is. And so I'm, I'm super sensitive to that. And, and I'm not afraid to head it off at the pass and just really be upfront with people if they start playing that victim mentality card. I don't want none of that shit. So it's, it's, that's like zero tolerance for that stuff. We have to have a conversation about it. I love our groups, man. They're, they're tight. Yeah, absolutely. So, well, Eric, I think that's all I got. I think I uh, beat the Big Mac and the McDonald's into the ground. So, uh, why don't you take us out of here? That was a brutal one, Brad. That was probably like one of your worst moments ever. (laughs) I'll I'll never forget this moment, man. Dude, I don't go to McDonald's. (laughs) I do not go to McDonald's. Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for spending time with us. We really appreciate all your feedback on the podcast. And we really want you to do your best to help make the world a better place and share the podcast with some fellow contractors. Uh, we all are trying to improve ourselves. We want to try and improve the industry and you can do your part by sharing the podcast. Please uh, smash that five-star rating and hit the subscribe button and uh, stay tuned for more. And we'll be back on the next download.